0: Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm our Neville Johnston.
1: And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about is it your gut or is it fear? Often we get these instincts to not do something, and we think it is our gut or our inner guidance system coming into uh, action. But sometimes it's actually our fear holding us back, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Oh, well,
0: since earliest days we've been uh, purposely confused away from any sort of higher consciousness. Uh, in fact, made wrong and guilty for anything you might, you know, that is actually a valuable way to think. Mm-hmm. It's been from the beginning, and so I would say that the average amongst us doesn't you know is not capable of differentiating so the point of this program is to get people hip to the idea that you do have instinct and uh, basically every time you said oh i just had a feeling you know just, uh, people you know go out of their way to make you wrong for it they then search on any possible permutation they can find to make <laughs> it look as though you didn't know what you were doing and that's of course highly amusing because it's predictable and it's easily defeated by by something that we're going to introduce soon on this show, something you may already have, but don't know you have. You could already have it and know that you have it, but it's always nice to hear it, although it won't be necessary if you actually do. Makes perfect sense to me.
1: <laughs> I and don't really have any idea what, what you're, you're saying. Are yeah, you see, talking about is. fear? No. Okay. Are we going to... No, I
0: said, I, well, I was going to save it for later. Okay, you can so save it. So the anticipation grows.
1: Okay, so this is what's, the old days was a cliffhanger. So um, this is just a coat hanger, that's all. That's cute. So, okay, so let's talk about fear, because fear. I'm afraid to. I think sometimes we confuse the feeling of knowing to not do something with the feeling of fear. Fear is like a chameleon and will come in like a viral program and sit next to some really good instinctual feeling and mimic it in a way. Uh, And so I used to think of fear as an enemy as that viral program that came in and was out to trick me and things like that. And what I would suggest is first, let's make friends with our fears. And if you look at fear in your life as actually being an aspect of you that doesn't have the full picture or the full truth that's attempting to protect you. And that step number one, by accepting it, loving it, then you can understand it and it can understand you and have access to the higher knowledge that everything is okay. But I have heard over the years, and I'm sure you have too, Neville, uh, from people that feel like they would love to go off and join the circus or become an astronaut or become a singer or whatever it is to go follow their dreams. And there are a lot of fears around following your dreams or you would have already followed those dreams in the past. And so instead of fighting that, attempting to manifest it and putting it out there, and and struggling with it, have a look at your fear. And look at the fear as a protector, something on your side, and say, what are you protecting me from? And really deal with that feeling, because usually it's a belief. Let's say your parents taught you that you would never become A trapeze artist or whatever that that is and so you go in your adult years to become that trapeze artist well that part of you that fear is just protecting you from failure so if you look at that then the fear becomes your friend and a friendly messenger of information and old programming well
0: Banksy I don't know if anybody follows the artist Banksy he's um very famous graffiti artist. Oh,
1: yes, yes, I know who you're talking f- about. Yeah, uh,
0: from England, actually. And he did show up in Central Park to sell prints of his graffiti mm. and sold out. That was just the wow. world's most amazing show. Uh, who I followed for a long time. And he did a, a particularly telling any number of graffitis, one of which was the uh, Twin Towers uh, as the, last, the first two dominoes. Uh, in other words, they were, the, and they were, the t- uh, Twin Towers woke a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Uh, We had uh, done a show a bit on the Twin Towers a while ago. But uh, the one I wanted to uh, mention, Banksy's work, was um, uh, there was uh, hope written, uh, pardon me, uh, dreams written, and then someone wrote canceled across it and looked like (coughs) a Chinese soldier, at least my memory of his particular graffiti. So uh, it is up to us to uh, maintain ourselves and, to, um, and this program is to get you to differentiate between um, fear and the word I was going to introduce uh, and we have used instinct and uh, there's another word for instinct and that is, and this is what we are introducing, it's called knowing. You have to know your knowing. If you don't know your knowing, you can be swept away like autumn leaves, uh, if they're swept away. Sometimes they just pile up, but at any rate Uh, Knowing your knowing is entirely probable because, and this is the way we've been trained, this has been from earliest childhood, you're in an unknown situation. The first thing you do is know the situation. And in fact, unknown isn't really real. So now, you know the situation and then uh, one one one-hundredth of a nanosecond, I'm sure that has a name, later, you doubt and then yet another 1 100th of a nanosecond later, you believe the doubt and you forget the knowing. And this is modern life. Now, you can know when that happens. How is that? Because you say, and this is so hilarious, you say, I knew it, okay? And you did, I'm not arguing with you, but you didn't do anything about it. You forgot it, you just, uh, autumn leaves, gone. Okay, so the idea is to uh, retrain that one one-hundredth of a nanosecond between the knowing and the doubt to hang on to the knowing. Your old, as Mary likes to say, the old friend doubt. Doubt's always an important aspect. We're not sure why. I it say your like
1: old friend fear, but I'm yeah, sure you can apply it to doubt as well. Expression. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. So doubt, see 100% of everything is love, including the doubt, including the nanosecond, including the fear, everything is love. It's a matter of figuring it out. It's a matter of recognizing it. And so with the philosophy that everything is love, then you live in an entirely different world. And um, uh, in the place in which uh, this is built, um, the amount of time between the event and your at least beginning the search for why that is love, that amount of time is directly related to <coughs> uh, native intelligence, a correct answer. Uh, the words that you think in, yet another correct answer. Um, time itself, the, the number of breaths you take between the event and the inhale where you have begun to search for why is that love. And so these are techniques by which you can transmute um, the... Um, uh, gut signal, uh, that's a uh, heart signal that you're knowing, convert your knowing back into the way in which you make decisions. Prior to that, it's chaotic. Uh,
1: well, I, I'd just like to say something on that before you get off the subject. Well, because okay. Because this is um, scientific research uh, about, about things and uh, what they found is that your heart actually does make a decision about whatever is coming up in front of you, whether you are resonant with a person or an idea, and it sends an immediate signal to your brain with its decision and then the brain reviews it based on its beliefs and either naysays it or affirms it and embraces it as your choice. So it really is true. You have even the body mechanism that proves that first you know it, then it goes to the brain to filter it out and doubt it and your beliefs will determine what you filter out. And so that knowing, uh, I'll I'll continue my thought after you finish that aspect. That's
0: why the word gut had been used because uh, the stomach lining does an incredible amount of thinking and in fact, uh, whatever the things are that think in the brain, they're all over the body. I know, I I teach a whole class, neurotransmitters
1: and brain peptides in the gut and in the heart, if that's what you were thinking of. Mm Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, well we're talking about the heart first and about the sense of knowing. Um, And so the knowing is a feeling that I would invite people to become familiar with. Because, and there are exercises I do in that class, like if you were to think of right now your first name, for instance, if uh, let's say your name is not Fred, and I say, for you to say my first name is Fred, and you say that, there is a feeling, a very subtle feeling in your body, because you know you're knowing, as Neville was saying, which I love that statement, knowing you're knowing, and you there's a specific feeling and then when it's not your knowing, it's a lie, or it's a fear, there's another feeling. And so I go through a bunch of exercises in this class to help people to feel the difference because once you really know what your knowing feels like, there'll never be a question about it again. And you're right, your your gut thinks in feelings. And your heart thinks in emotion and your head thinks in thought. And they're all contributing factors to this larger picture. So it's all three of those in total, which is really what you are to be seeking counsel with, not just one.
0: Well there is also the supernal aspect of yourself, the actual soul being. Yeah, that's the So thinking is not uh dominion of the brain exclusively. Yeah. Yes, and I was going to add on that, that if we get to the point, and it's entirely possible to do, to just recognize the heart as being in charge instead of the brain, uh, which doesn't make you wimpy or any other word you might use to insult someone's um, credibility in there. Um, you know, just to you, the feeling is yours. Uh, it's what we've been taught. Uh, guilt, for example, is the biggest prison imaginable. And um, I, guess I I saw graffiti. Oh, so it was in Los Angeles. A, uh, someone turned in a canvas in an uh, art show that said, um, uh, the cops are in your head. Okay, so, you know, this is becoming wider spread. It's coming from the avant-garde, of course, they're always the first to come up with uh, the new thinking, whether it's in, in, avant-garde it's an art term, but it's anybody that's um, ahead in their thinking. So it's very important that you recognize your ability to at least know when you have heard something, because it will sound like an alien chattering at you. uh, Someone was saying long ago that uh, the the concepts we speak of sound like aliens, but um, not true, just advanced thinking. And the more you can get a hold of uh, the the noise reduction button in your brain uh, to allow yourself to recognize your heart as what's actually going on there, uh, and the gut as well. The gut was made popular in CIS (laughs) as uh, the knowing you know, it's just a popular TV show that's, um, um, okay, let me just.
1: Um well, gut instincts is a, is a, while you're thinking of what you would like to say there, yeah, gut, instinct, gut instinct is a, a legitimate thing, as we were yes. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally feel that it's not a matter of abandoning the head. And making it all heart or making it all gut and no heart and some head. It's really a combination of all the different ways we receive and perceive information. And so the more you include in your conscious awareness, the bigger of a view you're going to have. And so they tell you different things. Um, And they govern different facets of reality, too.
0: At this time, the human race is so brain-centric. Uh, it's ridiculously yeah, I, I understand. brain-centric, that's, I that's why I put it that way. Mm-hmm. Because if you could for 10 minutes manage to you know, uh, just listen to your heart... We're not the saying
1: anything t- different, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we're agreeing. I, I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's what happens. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hello?
2: Hello guys.
0: Hey. Hey, what my name is
2: name's Frederick.
0: Frederick, hi, what can we do for you? Um, I just want to know if you guys are the same conscious level as I am uh, uh, nobody's at the same they're, they're can you hear? yeah we can hear you it's for whatever reason that is um, everybody's at a different level now there there's layers of levels, but within uh-huh. levels there's higher and lower so how can we know I mean if you found the show that that indicates that you're you're functioning at a higher level than a lot of people, that's for sure. You know, that's Hello? Uh, well, knowing you're knowing, we don't have to confirm for you that you're at a high level of thinking. That's your job, not ours.
1: Well, yeah, I think high level of thinking might also be seen as the more you can... The higher up on the mountain, if you look at it like that, the higher up on the mountain you get, the more you can see, that's a logical conclusion. And so the more things you allow into your field of awareness, the higher up on the mountain you're gonna get, the more you're gonna see, and really, basically, the more intelligent, cosmically intelligent you're going to be. The more things you cut out, the lower you're gonna be, and the less you're gonna know. So in this idea uh, of our brain and our gut and our heart that we've been talking about, we have gotten to the place in our society that we are brain-focused, and the brain is designed to navigate through everyday life. You would like a cheese sandwich, the brain says, ah, I'm on it. I'll find it for you. I'll get what I have to get to, get to make that cheese sandwich happen. But what we tend to do is we put the future, onto our brain the responsibility of what what about the future what if i do take this job what if i do do that and we assign it to our brain and our brain is so stressed out it can't handle the future or alternate ideas of things it is just a very tangible thinker and so when we're thinking of something tangible we assign it to the brain and it says thank you it delivers it's done But when we start putting that intangible type stuff on it, it doesn't know what to do. And so this is where our heart and our gut can think outside of the box of the now, into proposed futures. It can think into probable realities and give us answers. But when the muscle is overly developed, and it kind of reminds me of an episode of Simpsons where I don't remember what was going on, but Homer was exercising only one arm, and he had this big muscular arm, and the other arm was regular. And that's kind of how we walk around. One of our muscles is way overdeveloped, stressed out, fatigued, and causing all kinds of physical complaints that stress causes by elevating cortisol levels, making your body very acidic, which is an environment for cancer, and other things that happen. So we have to get it more into balance. from someone who has a lot of knowledge of this because I am Uh, uh, active thinker is what I call it and I think a lot of us are and there's nothing to be ashamed of even though people condemn that all the time. It's just a matter of saying I have a lot of receptors let me let all of them speak to me and by listening to all of them I'm higher up on the mountain and I can make an overall decision based on all the input. And that's just the way I see it and I do feel it makes logical sense too.
0: Excellent. So uh, it is doubt versus knowing. This is the basic equation. The idea of being able to differentiate and to know uh, is the thing. And we have spent a lifetime carefully trained to doubt. Uh, You wouldn't particularly know it, but we were taught to doubt by um, professionals when we were very young, called teachers. We were taught to doubt ourselves. That's uh, about what we've been taught. Uh, Oh, one other subject we've been taught, that would be doubt and guilt. And that's been basically the summation of the education we've had on this planet. There has never been knowing. You're not allowed to know about your Merkaba. You're not allowed to know about uh, your superpowers. You're not allowed to know knowing you're not. People will oppose. If I say I know this, it invites every critic in the world to say anything they want to defeat. It's all little egos chewing on each other. And uh, the ego mind is just not the most pleasant possible concept uh, we have done shows on this, but the, the ego is always, I me I me I me I me. I me. <laughs> you know, it's it's amusing in its own way, but it, it the the idea that we have to, that we're all one thing that's just passed over. You don't get. Let's go to a class where they teach us how similar we are, instead of how different we are, because the the mass majority of it is how similar we are. I mean the amount of information that suggests we're similar and the amount of information that suggests we're individual. And we are individual. There's nothing going to be done about that. We're going to be individuals, period. It's who we are, it's what we do. But we, uh, anything that ends in ism is just a method by which somebody is separating somebody from someone else. You know, elitism, monetaryism, uh, uh, whatever the names are. Um, what is the um, nationalism that's just one of the great ones Um, you know and and it ought to be earthism the way we think on this planet of course there's life elsewhere in the universe what are the odds you know of course there's life (laughs) and not only is there other life there's life that's a lot brighter than us a lot more evolved and it's everywhere it's ridiculous the way we've been taught to think on this planet It's absurd. Earthism is is the. That's an interesting word for it. Earthism, but the um, uh, concept of um, knowing your knowing, yeah, that's that's what we wish to get across to people. And you have to know your knowing against all odds. As soon as you know your knowing, there is a human being who has been assigned to make you wrong.
1: Well, and I it also, just works that way. I also feel that getting to know your fears and getting to know what you fear about mm-hmm. life and about uh, success and what that represents to you, uh, I feel we would be better served measuring our, uh, rather than our hap- measuring our happiness by how successful we are, but mm-hmm. to measure our success by how happy we are that if you really know yourself and you know the nature of your fears, you're bigger than them, and then when they crop up, you identify them. You recognize them because they are old friends that came disguised as a fear because Mm -hmm. you weren't hearing that information or you had cut that part off from you. So if you know your fears, if you know that you've been aspiring to get that promotion at work, but your fear is that you'll be working 24 seven and, and your life will just be uh, spent and you don't even realize how fast it's passing. If you look at your real fears, is your bottom line fear that you're afraid, that? No, the universe does not love and support you and no one in, in it does, when you make friends with that, when you question yourself and do your inner work to find out what your bottom line fears are, I tell you, you will always know you're knowing after that because the fear will not be trying to get your attention by messing with all these aspects of your life. And how is it that we go and we face our fear? First of all, fear is a feeling and it's nothing tangible and real so you automatically it's a safe thing back in the early eighties i decided i was going to work on my fears because i had a lot of fears at one point when i was about fourteen i saw the movie the exorcist and it terrified me and i'm not talking about i was just terrified of that movie i'm talking about that i was really terrified to the point where it was not a cool thing, you know, it was like, it it consumed me for about two years or three years where I started reading the Bible and doing everything I could to try to get some sanity back into my life. I can't, you know, I don't know what it did, but it certainly was my 40 days in the desert. And so from that point on, I worked on my fears. What is the nature of fear? It took me right into the center of it. And that was, what, in the early 70s when I was that age. And so I got to the place in the 80s where I had done a lot of work. And I realized that now my fear was just this small thing. And so I decided to go into a deep meditation where I was a point of light and I went in my body. And I said, I'm gonna find you in my body. Where do you exist within my body? And I went around and I think the point of light stopped around where my liver is, maybe a little above. And I felt these two aspects of me, one that just felt totally beaten down and the other one was terrified, like a child and, and a part of me that had been abused. And I looked for the fear and This wizened-haired old man had his back to me, and he started turning, and I felt such a terror as this happened, but I knew I had to stay there and look him in the eye. And he turned around, and he had these milky blue-green eyes, and the minute our eyes met, he exploded like in Star Wars, the hyperspeed where the stars turn like you're zipping yeah, yeah. by them and, mm. and um, light speed, and, and that energy became metabolized back in my body. I can't tell you what a freeing thing that was. So I invite you to take really the true shaman's journey, which is to go into yourself and understand the nature of your fears. You have to go down in order to go up. And when you do, you will have power over that. And nothing will ever trick you, not that there's anything out there to try to trick you, but nothing will... Well, Everything will be, the truth of everything will be revealed. And then your knowing is this quiet state where you go, yep, that's what I know. How many times have, have you heard to take the umbrella? We always use that example. Or do you remember the time you heard as we were pulling away to go somewhere to get your camera? But we said, ah, nah, never mind. It's, yeah, it it, we probably won't need it. Okay. So we go, and we go around the corner, and there's a miniature pony farm, and they had just had babies, so there were miniature ponies with their babies like this that looked just like ponies, and it would have been the perfect place to have a camera, right?
0: Um, yeah, we have taught that uh, for a very long time, and that is the listening to your guides, which is the way we would put it, but it would also be listening to your knowings. Uh, speaking of the uh, journey with fear I had um, uh, during uh, when I was um, pardon the eye. That's okay. Uh, well, was not all right with me, I just... Um, okay. <laughs> uh, did you have further, if you want to... Um, let me just... Uh, as during seventh level of... Um, when I was initiating into Saikim when I got to seventh level, I had the kind of vision I had been lifetimes in a battle with uh, a particularly dark being. And... Um, By the time Seventh Level had initiated itself, um, was coming into me. I had taken the battle all the way to the point where I was a single dot of light, and this was occurring in deep space. That's what reminded me of it—the single dot of light. And uh, I came upon an entire and completely dark planet, no possibility of any light in this planet. And um, I just said, "All right, this is it." And I threw my little light dot onto this planet and it went off like a special effect. It started to convert the planet to light and that's where I came to peace with this being, just that um, no matter what it uh, dark converts to light. It's no matter what. And we have our, our caller. Hi caller, what's your name please?
2: Uh, my name is Ted.
1: Hey, what hey. can we do for yeah.
2: you? I was uh, listening to Mary's quote about Happiness. Now, could you quote that again about uh, sure, measuring sure. happiness?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I found that everybody measured their happiness by how successful they are, and so I realized that it's pro- it, that it is better to measure your success by how happy you are.
2: Well, I've sort of thought that for years, but I never put it into words like that. But it's very concise accurate statement from my mm-hmm. experience oh
1: yeah Excellent. yeah I, I think that it's a it's probably something we all sense so that mm-hmm. you know that, that that's really good thank you
2: yeah. be, be, because most people want to be successful because they think it will bring mm-hmm. happiness
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and sometimes it does if you're doing what you really want to do but a lot of people get caught up into the sheer sure materialism of it and they yeah. lose sight of it and mm-hmm. so many people of wealth don't really have happiness
1: yes You know something that's so true, and I put on Facebook today, um, let life be more about people and feelings and experiences rather than winning and losing. And um, we were out in West Virginia, and um, we do a lot of things out in West Virginia and Ohio with with a lot of really wonderful folks out there. And it is an area that is much less affluent than it is around here. And um, I found that when we went out there, people would be so generous, like they would have potlucks, where they'd bring just you know a cheese sandwich or whatever they had to share. And the, the generosity was so wonderful, and I was saying that, and our dear friend Debbie that lives out there, she says that, well, that's because when it's not about money here, it's about people. And so I thought, wow, what a different different thing, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, well, thank you much. Uh, oh, I like you. your show and uh, uh, appreciate your response. Thank you. Oh, Bye. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank thanks you. for
0: calling in. We love it. Uh, f- we love for people to call in. This mm-hmm. is um, definitely uh, adds an aspect to the show. We've always said the uh, the person who calls in is like the guest on the show during the time yeah. that they're calling in. So thanks for being our guest. Mm-hmm. And um, all of this is greatly appreciated. So the well, and,
1: and you know the fear thing, too. I think that a lot of times our dreams get a little morphed uh, and changed because we we feel that our happiness exists somewhere outside of us which we've talked of on the show in many different forms over the years but we think well when I can become a reporter or um, live at the beach or whatever oh then I will be happy when when I do this then I'll be happy and so we're always putting our happiness somewhere else and I feel that's because we become more comfortable being unhappy now with the hope of happy in the future than we are being happy and the fear of losing it or not having it in Uh, the future. So what if you didn't have to lose it? What if you don't have to pay for happiness in the form of misery? What if that happiness is free and it's your birthright and that you don't have to, like that every gray cloud has a silver lining, well therefore every silver lining must have a gray cloud? No, you don't have to look at it that way.
0: Well that's that doubt mentality we're tattooed with from the first moment we're uh, on Earth. uh, when the children were born, they they do the um, you know squirt things in their eyes to make sure they aren't, you know, the whole know. APGAR test. This is just ridiculous. The, yeah, OK. Um, just while we're setting up the shot, unless it's set up. So um, we attempted to teach this a long time ago on the show, where we would say, um, let's say tomorrow morning you wake up and there is no money. and. Uh, what would you do if you weren't motivated by money? What would you do? What would you love to do? Call in, tell us what you would love to do. For saying that, I don't know, in a hundred different shows, literally, no one ever called in with what they would love to do. Because that is just... (laughs) Beyond it, that you could actually do mm. what you love to do with your life. Nobody seems to be able to uh, rub the synapse together to come up with an idea of what it is they would love to do. I don't know why that is. Stop that. Wake up Anytime you're ready. Right?
1: Well, also in this idea yeah. of resisting, too, the yeah. resistance of things. Do we have a call? Is that?
0: oh no. Okay. No. okay. This is just posted on Facebook. This is the, um, what did I call it, the... Uh, confetti, fall confetti uh, when the leaves fall it's like a parade and the beautiful colors the leaves make and then, this is per usual an enchanted land, what else would I be drawing painting, etc and so you follow the yellow brick road It's you know there's a lot of Mm-hmm. Uh, through the... Um,
1: I've, I've thought of the leaves as confetti falling too. That's a very yeah, beautiful yeah. thought. Well, while we have a moment, I'd like to announce the 6th Annual American Indian Festival this coming Saturday the 18th at Patuxent, Patuxent River Park at 16,000 Kroom Airport Road in Upper Marlboro. And it's free admission and parking, and it's from 10 to 4, and these are always wonderful, uh, we've we've gone to such things and had such a wonderful oh, time, yeah. such a warm spirit, lots of mm-hmm. dancing and festivities. So check it out, mm-hmm. the 6th Annual American Indian Festival. Yeah. And you'll be I dancing? Right? Yes. And Michael Nephew, who helps us out on the show um, and does a lot of work. Uh, out there, and he is a Native American dancer that is just phenomenal. Competitive dance and everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have like the drummers and um, oh, that
0: is such a good time. first peoples
1: yeah. of all nations, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a great time. So check yeah. it out.
0: Grand time to be had. Yes, lots Excellent. of wonderful things. So,
1: yeah. um, so anyway, I, I'm glad I remembered and mm-hmm. get that. Well, you know, we were talking about this idea of of um, you know, the the fear and how to master fear. One of the things I've gotten, I've I've taught psychic development subjects for close to 20 years now, and one of the things I hear a lot from people as they're first starting to develop and to listen to more than just their brain, Mm -hmm. is, is the fear gets in the way. Like what if my fear starts writing, and at least my brain can suppress some of these these things I'm picking up from other people and all that. And I think we do walk through our journey of mastering our fears and looking at them. Whether you call it, whether they come in the form of doubt or regret or fear or guilt or worry or any of the things we talk about, those are opportunities to see where it is we have a flow inhibitor on the flow of us, our consciousness. And if we look at it, and we look at it very lovingly with no fear ourselves, then it becomes a tool for us to grow with.
0: Uh, Excellent. Yeah, Yeah, the movement forward. So to become more conscious is basically the underwriting theme that all human beings, no matter what, that is hardwired in along with survival and a number of other things, Uh, but to grow more aware, to grow more conscious. And um, as you're saying, flow inhibitors, but the idea is to recognize them and not be inhibited by them. So, um, again, rec- uh, to provide no resistance to your growth is to recognize that whatever appears to be opposing you is
1: On a form side. of love. <laughs>
0: yeah, is a form of love. And so, uh, in this movement forward uh, a lot of things have to be explained as in first of all, do make the conscious decision to be as advanced a being as you can possibly be, yet still existing in a human body. That's set off um, in meditation. There's the, the perfect beginning of your meditation to place your attention upon being as conscious as you can possibly be while still occupying a human body. And uh, just then, you know, the techniques of meditation where you just allow information to come in instead of um, uh, expecting it. But you know, trigger point for meditation. At least this is the way it works with me. It's been um, a lot, there's, we had uh, many shows ago started talking about supposing you're just dumped into a childhood memory Uh, and you can't figure that out and it keeps dumping you in the same memory, well that means that that memory uh, is uh, where a program was installed and because it keeps coming up it means it's time to figure out what program was installed and then to obviate it. And it really is that simple. And then once you've um, pretty much gone through the whole life looking at moments when programs were installed um, and uh, then you can open to a much wider vista of what the rewriting of your psyche can be by virtue of um, meditation. And that, that's uh, really the priority. It ought to be um, you know, legislated as though we're going to have conscious leaders. Isn't that funny? Well, certainly we could elect conscious leaders, and they don't all have to get killed we don't have to kill our conscious people anymore. That's been, um, you know, there was the the grand non-myth, as soon as you're a genius and you invent something, you'll end up murdered. You know, like a guy, oh God, 20 years ago, figured out cold fusion in his sink for 27 cents. uh, And he was found uh, murdered by his neighbor, quote unquote, over a dispute about where a bush was planted. And everybody bought the Bush story. Well, maybe it words. was a
1: Bush story.
0: Yeah, and that's true, too. And uh, no, we no longer have to kill people that can think, because that's been the thing there, to get rid of people that are going to guide us. It's amazing the Wrights brothers survived.
1: Well, you know, I think that that, that belief right there is why we put a damper on ourselves, because yeah, um, if you if you look at your life, even times in your life where you feel that um, you're having a success, and no one supports you. I, I think we've all been there. We do something and we think, yay, look what I did. I remember when I created my first deck of cards, I was just stunned that I got any kind of a picture up on oh, the that and, was great. and created a computer program. But I that found is great. at the time, and I was shocked that there was uh, like a, a large percentage of the people that just went mm-hmm, like that, and I was so, surprised about that so yeah. i started looking at that emotion and i realized that because we are dropped into a life that we are programmed to be competitive and that you have to succeed and you have to be the best at everything we can't really share in each other's successes because it makes us feel like we are failing and so i, I have a lot of compassion over that feeling yeah but I can see where, just with everyone, that if you raise too far out of the pack, then you're going to be the enemy. And also the early 80s, I was working on my beliefs, which is not something that a lot of people did back then, or even knew that our beliefs did create our reality. I was working on some of my beliefs and uh, about money, and I realized that, everybody talks negatively about people that have money. Like, oh, look at them. And every time you do that, what you're doing is saying, I can never be there because other people will talk about me like that. So you're endangering your own self. And another thing about that is, Buddha says the cause of all suffering is a resistance to what is. And when we think our happiness is outside of us or there's a better job or a better place to live, and it's not done in the in the lovely dream way what we're doing is resisting the life we have and that you're going to be unhappy so if that other job is better if that other person is a better partner for you whatever it is you are going to be in a state of resistance which is going to make you unhappy
0: non-resistance
1: but there are ways and to non- dream and
0: non-re- non-re? non-resist non-resistance is not being attached to an outcome. right? right. And that's uh, very much that entire thing. The Japanese have a wonderfully negative piece of propaganda programming that is shared, I'm sure, uh, which is that the nail that sticks up is the one that gets hit. So they don't want people, mm-hmm. and nothing to do with any particular culture on Earth, every culture I think every Earth. culture has that. Yeah, and uh, also every culture has quite a bit to offer. And if we could stop dividing ourselves into cultures, and just accept ourselves as a planetary consciousness, you know, and and so, Earth-centric stuff, yeah, that was easy, wasn't it? (laughs) So this idea of our becoming aware of us, the idea that we're here, that every... uh, We've said forever, uh, any thought that's in your head happens to be on your side. Well, what if it's this horrible, scary thought? Well, it's on your side. Well, how can that possibly be on my side? Uh, well, that is one answer, and there are many correct answers, is we are in a sine wave universe, which explains Jerry Seinfeld, but nonetheless, a sine wave, you know, this one sine wave. Sine wave, good, like an oscilloscope, okay? That's the frequency here. <coughs> that, <coughs> that means that your, your consciousness will go up and it will go down, and it will go up and it will go down. Now, if it was a straight, flat line, everything would cease to exist. There's no balance in the universe. Everybody has this idea, oh, that'll balance. Uh, no, not really. It, doesn't, it never quite balances because we would lose everything. So it's always up or it's always down. It's all, there's a moment where it's balanced, but that doesn't last. So that's why, and that is the point that I was making, which I've forgotten by now. But, um, you know, all this stuff is very channeled what we speak on the show is channeled and uh, it's very easy to um, you can't make a completely complex point although you can make points that are um, understandable and legible so we just accept that uh, sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down you know the what is Why battle with what is, because that's the nature of it. Go
1: ahead. The the expression that the master walks the middle of the road. I really feel it's not that the master has found a way to walk in the middle of that that back and forthness, but that the master can find their center on whatever extreme they may be on at any given time, and that that comes from looking at there is a great balance. Overall, if you look at it, there, there's an equal this way, and equal that way, and so it does balance it, it, in, a, in a larger picture. It, if you're not a point on the line that's going around, if you look at it as a bigger picture, there is a balance because yeah, they balance each other. Yeah, if you are the other. line rather than the point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I see what we're talking so, about. So
1: anyway, I think um, before the duck comes, um, the idea that is it your gut, is it your fear, or is it your fear, I think the more you know yourself, the more you love and accept yourself, the more you're going to hear your true voice. And if it's your fear, that's good too, because that's going to teach you more about yourself
2: mm-hmm. yes.
1: and your beliefs that are being flow inhibitors to the consciousness of you. So there really is no It enemy. all turns out there to be love. There is only an inner me.
0: <laughs> all turns out to be love. Yes. And that's it's an amazing search love. engine to run in your head, that yep. it is all love. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah,
1: I'm on board with that one.
0: Yeah, let's get the rest of humanity on board of it. All
1: right, it's all perfect. As yes, they say, we're is. waiting for duck. That's why we're just kind of chattering here. It's time for the duck. There we go.
0: Now that's the new one. Yeah. And here's our duck dandler Mary. All right.
1: Hi. And our duck is with child, you see. Oh, cute. And I got write a letter of recommendation for yourself. Open your eyes to who you really are. Did it just quack? It It sounded like it. Uh, Anyway, you can play with Mary's Magical Message Cards on telepathictv.com or maryfeelin.com. There's a computer program where you can use them, and there are 97 cards in that deck, so they're great for putting in a bowl for healing. Are you ready?
0: So traveling uh, happens in many ways. Physically going somewhere, reading, or hearing another story, it is time to travel to open up to new things. I agree.
1: Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, and so traveling does not have to be, um, you know, like, sometimes we get that wanderlust where it's like, let's just go out on a journey. I'm going through that. So if anybody wants to go on some adventures with me, let me know. I would love to go to the beach or to go on a road trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just in the, the the thing. But that wanderlust, as, as they call it, you don't have to actually go anywhere. You can do it through a book or hearing someone's story. Oh, sure. Because I, I love hearing people's stories of their travels and stuff. hmm
0: yeah, and do we have? This is where people call in questions, readings, etc. Well, we'll
1: just continue the conversation, I guess, until. Well,
0: the idea of um, mastering that disconnect that we've been so carefully taught uh, to doubt our knowing. I mean, this is magnificent. If you can consistently master that, my God, and I don't mean the word if because that takes the decision away. Um, master. Your ability to know your knowing. One, two, three, master. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi. Hi, what can we do for you?
1: May I please have a reading from Mary? Sure. Sure, thanks for calling in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got a little bit of a feedback thing on the phone or a garble, so hopefully everybody will hear okay. Okay, the first card is the card of trust. This person is taking the leap of faith and landing on these beautiful uh, pink rose petals. And so this is saying to trust that there might be some things going on in your life that are having you um, unsure about where you're going to end up. And it's saying that you're taken care of, so watch out um, and just know that. And then the next card is we are the world. And sometimes this card can talk about world travel. And so there may be a trip coming up for you um, to go visit, you know, another part of the world. It can also say that you have been, um, like, covered a lot of territory in finding out who you are and to get your feet planted. And that I really feel you are in the right place. You're in the right place and that there could be a big breakthrough coming. So if I look at the total picture here, I almost feel like, you know, when someone goes to Hollywood on their dream and they just take that risk and they're out there and they're getting ready to give up on ever getting an acting job and then they get it and they have their big breakthrough. And I feel like that is the case with you. Uh, It doesn't have to be acting, but whatever it is that your dream was. So hang in there a little bit longer.
0: Sounds good. Before
1: you change the agenda. Yeah.
0: So we're going to be, by the way, at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle after the show. It does have to be Thursday the 16th, isn't it? Yeah. Yep.
1: Thursday the 16th. Happy birthday to my brother Paul.
0: Oh, yeah. Excellent. And so you're welcome to join us. We just have the table there and uh, come see us. We can have, um,
1: you know... We do have the bowls coming up this weekend. And I Mm -hmm. am... um, Planning on starting a development circle. Um, oh, okay. Michael would like a reading.
0: All right. We have an in-studio reading.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's rare that we get no calls or one call or something. Okay, yeah. so the first card we get is the Innocence card. And the Innocence, If, if this card always reminded me of the... Um, the old guy in Kung Fu, I don't know what they called him, but he had Grasshopper there, which was David Carradine. And it w- the master teaches us, not just through book learning and, and saying, do this and do that, there's also through experience and experiences he h- creates for you. And I feel like your higher self has, has created so many experiences for you, you have a lot of wisdom, and you may be called upon to mentor, to show that to others in some way. And, and then this is um, a card the lion had been wearing sheep's clothing his whole life, and he thought he was a sheep, but he always felt uncomfortable, kept slipping off. It was hard to maintain, and he was getting a drink out of the pool one day and caught sight of who he really is. He's the king of the jungle. And so I feel that maybe it has to do with this innocence and you coming into who you really are and that you're going to help people through that, rather than helping people and doing things through old identities. Um, And then this adventure card. It looks like you're ready for an adventure, too. (laughs) The child had been standing in the dark, afraid to move forward, and he opened up to life and took a risk, and it paid off big time. So if you want to bet the lottery, this is a good time (laughs) for it. But I would say that there's an opportunity for growth, and... um, I know. I know you're not, but if you were looking to change jobs, this would be a really good time, huh? I'm retiring. You're retiring. Oh, okay. Good. Then this is it. There you go. That that explains all that. Yay.
0: Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
1: Hello. This is Barbara. Uh, I'd appreciate a reading, and I'll take the answer here. Oh, thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Yeah. It's so lovely to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'd be most happy to.
0: Well, you're choosing. Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, The first card, the fighting card First of all, all fighting really is inside our own minds I know we fight with other people and all that But you can see the clouds of people fighting And past things, past fighting or past um, incidences you know, Our history experiences Cause us to put up armor and defend ourselves And so one of the messages of this card Is to take the armor off That there comes a time when the um, armor is no longer serving. And the vulnerability of laying it down is going to get you a lot further. And the control, it's its interesting that these two would come up together. The control is saying also that, um, and it reminds me of uh, something that came to me one day after I saw the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, where she was in her seatbelt in this capsule and it was jostling her around. And she t- undoes the seatbelt and it turns very still and quiet. And so I wrote a post-it, which is where I always put my affirmations on uh, post-its on my computer in the old days. And I and I wrote, I give up control so that I may find power. And so both of these are telling you, even though in the past fighting or resisting may have worked, now's the time to just let it flow. And the compromise is not to compromise, uh, but to always look for the solution to let everybody win and that you can let... Uh, everyone win mm-hmm. somebody doesn't have to give up some so if I were to look at that I would just relax and coast and sometimes you do just let things come and and don't see it as you're compromising or betraying yourself and other times make your stand and just quietly not not buy into that
0: no yeah, excellent
1: okay well thank you uh,
0: yeah I um, am going to be doing a one-man show in March of 2015 by the way I'll announce it as we get closer to it, it is in rest in art show. Uh, art show, yeah, one man show of um,
1: your paintings. Yes, wonderful. Yeah, and so. um, I would add that you got a couple of honorable mentions at some local art shows. Yeah, that, yeah um, so. I'm very uh, pleased for you over yeah. that because that's wonderful. You definitely deserve that.
0: Well, thank you for saying so. Yeah, most of the, uh, I've been regularly posting them. Thanks for setting up Fine Art America. So that uh, if you go to the website, uh, Telepathic TV, there's a page that will take you to a place where you can get. I've got it all right there prints. on the yeah. on the mm-hmm. on the That's
1: website. You can find everything about that. All your yeah. stuff is right there.
0: And the waveform generators and as everything. well. And all your all copper your devices stuff. are there. And your decks, everything is Everything's the, there. Everything's yeah. there.
1: That was multiple years of, of gathering because yes. we have a lot God. of stuff to put up. Yeah, you we know, seem
0: to have so much stuff.
1: But you know, like just this wonderful thing of your honorable mentions and everything, I just feel such delight and joy over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I genuinely do. And I, I Thank you. love the fact that you're very successful in that way. and And... Why not going forward, just as a final message about this topic, even if no one is happy for you for moving forward, don't see that moving forward is a lonely path. I think Mm -hmm. that we don't break out of old molds because people will pull the elitist and withhold love from us, but don't withhold love from yourself and do it anyway. Do it for you, even if no one acknowledges all that you do. Just do it for you and do it for the joy of it. And that's the only way you're going to beat that, because if we go back and attempt to prove something to the whole world about how valuable we actually are, or try to get some kind of a validation there, they will then use that to control you. So it's better to just yeah. do it for you.
0: Well, I really feel that's been a life lesson. I think this is uh, something that really all people are designed to get a hold of, that we can be. Uh, uh, within ourselves, our own counselor, this has always been the way I've thought of it, um, that um, uh, all of the designing, that it started in the way, the language code started that way because uh, the words we think in are our life. I mean, reality is what you, your consciousness is reality. Okay, and so um, if we are creating shadows in our reality, we're the ones creating it and it's up to us to get beyond that and since the words we think in uh... in an uneducated way think in these words uh... they're creating the shadows even the word shadow itself And but again the, the new language codes are talking about the idea as soon as you recognize it as love it has no authority to keep you from who it is you are,
1: mm-hmm. it well, that's really does brilliant. work that way. That's brilliant. Yeah. There's always a lesson. There's always a gift. There's always yeah. there's Absolutely. always love in it. So it was our joint honor to take you to the door. We're on every Thursday night. Check out the website. I've got a number of my classes up there that you can uh, take, and various other things as well. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll hey, see you next week. Same Come back to Ruby's
0: if you're out and about and would like to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now come in. Again. Sounds
1: good. Thank you.